Welcome to Ag Future, presented by Alltech. Join us as we explore the challenges and opportunities facing the global food supply chain and speak with experts working to support a planet of plenty. I'm Tom Martin, and for this episode of Ag Future, we're joined by Dr. Jules Taylor Picard, Director of Alltech Gut Health Management. Welcome, Jules. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. So let's uh, let's just dig right into AMR. What are the main drivers of antimicrobial resistance in animals? The main drivers, it, it, there's, there's a lot of different drivers, actually. Um, but some of the main ones include the misuse and overuse of an- antimicrobials, both in animals and humans, but also poor husbandry and management, inadequate nutrition, poor biosecurity pra- practices, but also poor infection together with disease prevention and control in both human healthcare facilities and farms. Um, But there's also a lot to do around awareness and knowledge um, and enforcement of legislation. So there's lots of steps that can be taken at all levels of society to reduce the impact and limit the spread of resistance. We're looking at all of the effects of climate change in so many walks of life, and I'm wondering if it affects this one. Is climate change affecting antimicrobial resistance in animals? Climate change has an impact by creating more environmental stress for animals, such as heat stress, drought, floods and wildfires, which, of course, we're seeing an awful lot in the press at present. Um, And this can result in a weakened immune system, both animals and humans, and can make them more susceptible to infections and less responsible, responsive to antibiotics. But what, what's also interesting, there's research that showed that increase in temperatures can increase both the rate of bacterial growth and the rate of spread of antibiotic-resistant genes between microorganisms. Um, and the increased use and sometimes the misuse of antimicrobials and other microbial stressors, such as pollution, can also create favourable conditions for microorganisms to develop resistance in animals and humans, but also in the surrounding uh, environment. So, for example, bacteria in water, soil and air can acquire resistance following contact with resistant microorganisms. We've been seeing a lot of heat extremes uh, this summer. Have you heard of any uh, any effects from that? Not directly yet, but I don't think people are, are, are specifically looking at it. Mm-hmm. But one good example is if we look at cholestine, which has been banned as an antibiotic, When they first discovered resistance, which was in a pig farm in China that was using it quite extensively, it wasn't really found anywhere else. But within a year, it was found globally. And they put that down to the wild birds and the migration, which I think we can resonate with avian influenza at the minute. Um, You know, the migratory birds are causing um, avian influenza to move around the world at a much faster rate than we've ever experienced before. Well, you mentioned that AMR reduction efforts prioritize strengthening the intestinal barrier and gut health strategies. And first, if you would, tell us about the challenges to improving animal gut health. Gut health is really fundamental or optimal gut health is really fundamental to the whole functionality of the animal. So it's the the gateway to optimal nutrition and health, if you like. Um, So good or optimal gut health increases the resilience of animals to infectious and non-infectious stressors. And that in itself reduces the requirement to use antibiotics. So if we can reduce the requirement, then that will have an impact on antimicrobial resistance. But as well, some of the work that we've been doing, optimal gut health is also critical for optimum and cost-effective productivity. So we know, for example, that 70% of the immune system is associated with the gut. 
So it's logical that if we can keep gut health in check, that we can reduce antibiotic use. Um, and it's also important to ensure that our animals have the immune competence to handle any insults or disease that may come along. And that's all related to gut health. What are some important opportunities for improving animal gut health? And there's actually, there's lots of opportunities. It's a really exciting area to work in. So here at Alltech, we've researched nutritional strategies to improve gut health extensively. So, for example, we know that one of our technologies, Actigen, can improve the integrity of tight junctions in the gut, which give us better intestinal barrier function. So if we have better intestinal barrier function, we can help to prevent pathogenic bacteria from actually entering the animal system and also making them sick. And we also know that the main multiplication of resistant bacteria are in the gut, which acts as a reservoir for these resistant bacteria and resistance genes. Again, this highlights the importance of good gut health. But I think it's also important to remember that antibiotics only affect the microbiota. So if an animal experiences a combination of heat stress, for example, together with impairment of barrier function, classical antibiotics aren't effective as they don't have any anti-inflammatory effects. They just deal with the bugs and don't have any impact on gut level. So if we try to approach antimicrobial resistance, antibiotic use via gut health, this strategy deals with the intestinal barrier as well as the pathogens. Are there economic and social consequences, and I realize the two often intersect, but are there economic and social consequences from failing to take action against AMR? Absolutely. So um, the Lancet published a report in 2019, and in that report, they quoted that 5 million human deaths were associated with bacterial antimicrobial resistance, and 1.3 million deaths are directly attributed to bacterial um, antimicrobial resistance. And they also in that report stated that if we don't do anything, if it's left unchecked, these numbers are projected to amplify 10 times by 2050. That's 10 times by 2050. And they also went on to say that we should expect AMR, which is quite logical, to impact lower income or less developed countries to an even greater extent, especially those with poor infection control and prevention measures and inadequate nutrition, for example. Well, how would you suggest we raise awareness and maybe more importantly, change behavior among stakeholders in animal health? And and would that call for different approaches in different regions? Yeah, I, I think so. I think it, it, it's not a one size fits all. So in terms of raising awareness, I think it's about education and education of everyone. And we need to try and bring people with us on this journey. So for me, first of all, you need to create awareness of the issue. And then once you've got that awareness, then we need to build a desire to do something about it. And then finally, the call to action and make people realise that we can all do our piece. It's not just an agricultural issue. Um, We can do a lot um, from from our side, from from the human side. You you mentioned regional differences, massive differences, because if you think about some parts of the world, they have limited access to clean water. They don't have enough food to feed their families. So our strategies have to be adapted for what's realistic and what they can achieve. So in those circumstances, we can work with producers to help them to understand how they can raise their animals in the best possible way to keep them healthy. Whereas obviously in the more developed regions of the world, the fundamentals are the same, but we have more access to alternative feeding strategies, for example, 
using different genetics that may be more resilient, precision nutrition, better hygiene and biosecurity, health plans, et cetera, to help us. Um, and that's something that we've been doing is making sure that we do have a different approach that is appropriate to the conditions in different parts of the world. Who would you say are the key actors or influencers in promoting alternatives to antibiotic growth promoters and reducing antibiotic use in animal health? Who, sh who should be driving this conversation? Again, I think everybody has a role to play. It's not just an agricultural issue. Society in general can have a really active role. Um, so, for example, if we consider some of those main drivers of antimicrobial resistance, which we discussed er earlier, including use and misuse of, of antimicrobials, poor infection and disease pre prevention and control on farms, all stakeholders holders can help. And that's something that we've been doing, trying to work with, with everybody across the chain. But it's interesting, the EU Public Health Alliance in 2022 published four overarching policies and targets to combat ANR, AMR. And they were to reduce the levels of antibiotic use on farm, makes sense. Try to only use antibiotics for individual treatment. So rather than treating a whole group of animals, just try to treat those that are specifically sick. Because obviously, if our animals are sick, we do need to treat them because that's a welfare issue. But also making better use of data, making sure that we're recording quite accurately antibiotic use data collected by species and farming system so that we can really understand what's happening in terms of is it the antibiotic use on a specific farm or is it some of this environmental resistance that, that we're picking up? And then really looking at having restrictions on some of those highest priority, priority, critically important antibiotics for both humans and animals to make sure that we're using the most appropriate antibiotics in the most appropriate circumstances. Are there some general practices and recommendations that you would offer for improving animal health, welfare, and environmental sustainability, for that matter? Yeah, so as I've said, we need to take a holistic approach to animal production. There's lots of alternatives that can promote health and prevent disease. So in terms of some of the general practices, we're talking about precision feeding, so altering the nutrition and the diets to match um, the critical phases of life. So, for example, the neonatal period, or the transition period, for example, when, when birds stress that peak lay. Quite often water is, is overlooked and we don't think about the sanitation of the water. Farming management, biosecurity, hygiene. I mentioned genetics earlier in terms of having more resilient breeds. Vaccination programs have a huge part to play, together with working with the veterinarians and the nutritionists. And of course, nutritional alternatives. I touched on atrogen earlier. That's been demonstrated to positively impact gut health, reduce antibiotic use, improve food safety because you're reducing some of those pathogens and reduce the prevalence of antimicrobial resistance. All right. That's Dr. Jules Taylor-Picard, Director of Alltech Gut Health Management. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Taylor-Picard. That's great. And thank you very much for having me. And for Ag Future, I'm Tom Martin. This has been Ag Future, presented by Alltech. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to Ag Future wherever you listen to podcasts.